Sometimes I feel just like a lost cause. If I were you, I would have turned around and walked away. I would have labeled me beyond repair. Cause I feel like I'm beyond repair. Oh, but somehow you don't see me like I do. Somehow you're still here. You're the God who saves. You're the God who stays. You're the one who runs in my direction. When the whole world walks away, you're the God who stands with wide open arms. And you tell me nothing I have ever done could separate my heart from the God who saved. I used to hide every time I thought I let you down. Always thought I had to earn my way. But I'm learning you don't work that way. Cause somehow you don't see me like I do. Somehow you're still here. You're the God who saved. You're the God who saved. Good morning and welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Great is the Lord and worthy to be praised is He. Let's gather together and worship the Lord today. for your glory and for your honor. And we thank you, God, for allowing us to be here with you this morning.
nations. Come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting for God so loved the world. My brothers and sisters in Christ, our scripture today is found in Psalm chapter 34, verses 15 through 22, which reads, The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call out to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked. And those who hate the righteous will be punished, but the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we lift our eyes to the hill from whence cometh our help, knowing that our help only comes from you, Father God. We ask that during this period of worship, as we gather together today to praise and lift your holy name, that you open our ears, Lord, Father God, that we hear from you and that what that which we hear empowers us to action. So we thank you, Father God, for this day, for waking us up, for giving us another chance, for giving us brand new mercies. And we will be sure to follow you all the days of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hi, CTC family. I'm Sandy. And I'm Kevin. And we've got this week's news. As you know by now, we will be reopening next Sunday for live services at both our campuses. The Bear Campus will meet at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And the Ellesmere Campus will meet at 11 a.m. Our online campus will be live at 9 a.m. When you arrive next week, here's what you can expect. Everyone 13 and over will need to wear a mask. We may ask to take your temperature, and we will need to practice physical distancing. Because of limited seating capacity, we need everyone to let us know you're coming by going to ctcde.net and click on Reserve Seats on the menu bar at the top. With physical distancing in place, Vacation Bible School will look very different this year. We still are committed to empowering the children, our church, and community with the Word of God and the message of salvation. Beginning July 29th, we are taking VBS to our backyards of our neighborhoods. With CTC Backyard VBS, we need families who will be hosts of these Wednesday night groups. We will supply everything you need to make this a fun learning experience for the kids. We will have more details in the coming weeks. We are excited to announce a brand new missional life group called Moms in Christ. The group will be led by Ariel Burke Green and will be using the video-based study Says Who by Karen Stubbs. Meetings will be held both in person and on Zoom. For more information and to sign up for the group, contact Ariel directly at 
367-6038. If you need prayer, you can call the church office at 302-836-2862 or text us at 888-344-1022. You can also email your request to prayer at ctcde.net. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. Good morning. It's great to have you again with us. We are one week away from being back in this building. And so you saw the announcement earlier a few minutes ago on the video about how you have to, uh, we were asking you rather to reserve a seat uh, by going to our website and click on reserve your seats up at the top. But we are so excited that we're going to be back together uh, again next week. And uh, so we just want to welcome you again uh, to the broadcast this morning. If you're watching us for the first time, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Uh, whether you're watching for the first time or not, you can go to our website or to our Facebook page and click on our digital connection card and just let us know you're watching, how many people are watching with you, uh, maybe what you're doing. Uh, maybe you're just uh, sitting around having breakfast, and uh, we just want to know uh, kind of what you're doing. Share your day with us, and uh, we'll be excited to, to hear that information. 
we want to thank uh, all the graduates and the parents who uh, sent the uh, pictures in. Kids, if you didn't know what pictures uh, your parents were sending in, that's cool. We like that. And uh, so we just we hope you enjoyed that video. Congratulations to all of our graduates, high school graduates, college graduates, uh, folks that are going on to jobs, folks that are going on to college. Uh, we pray God's best for you and uh, everything that he has uh, for you, that he would, he would open those doors. As we think about giving this morning, and again, I know I sound like a broken record with this, but we thank you for your faithfulness. God has been faithful to us. He's been faithful to you. Uh, we're just seeing his hand uh, at work in the midst of all this. It's a difficult time. I was looking at some stats online the other day. Unemployment is at 13.3%. But God has blessed so many people in our congregation, and he's blessed our church, and we are still able to do the things that God has called us to do because of your faithfulness. And so as you think about that this morning and as you think about what God is encouraging you to do, we want to encourage you to go to your computer. Uh, You can log on to our website, ctcde.net forward slash give. And, uh, again, you can set that up with, uh, if you haven't already, and and many of you have, with a recurring donation or just a one-time donation, And uh, we will be so grateful to receive that. Uh, You can also, as always, you can put a check in the mail to us. Uh, Folks have been dropping stuff by during the week. Uh, And again, we just thank you for uh, your faithfulness and rejoice in all that God is doing uh, in and through us. So as we think about this, can you just just, uh, join me in prayer uh, this morning as we think about that? Father, we thank you for... Uh, your blessing and we thank you for loving us and we thank you for providing for us and we thank you for giving us everything that we need and so lord we we rejoice in you today because we know that good gifts and perfect gifts come from you and we thank you for those gifts we pray for those that give this morning we pray that you would empower them and strengthen them lord maybe they're giving in faith this this morning and maybe this whole time they've been giving in faith Lord, again, from unexpected, miraculous sources, we pray that you would bless the churches, bless the the families of our church. And Lord, enable them to continue to support the ministry. We thank you. We are so privileged to be able to stand here today and rejoice in what you are doing in and through us. Because of your great power, we celebrate that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you give today.
God. We want to glorify your name, God. We want to give you all that we have. We want to give you all that we are, God. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Help us give you glory. Help us honor you. Thank you, Father God. Help us to honor you. Help us to live for you. Jesus, as we prepare for the message today, help us to resemble you, Father. Call us out of a place of comfort. Call us out of our place of privilege, Lord. Send us forth into the world to be your hands, to be your feet, Father God, so that when people see the things we do, they will be drawn to you. Help us, Father God, to understand that the work that Jesus did was not always comfortable. So we cannot live in a place of comfort, Father God, when we see injustice in this world, Father. We have to stand against it. When we see people who are oppressed, Father God, We have to cry out and work against it, Father God, because the only hope that we have is found in Christ Jesus. When we see those, Father God, who are sick, sick in their bodies and sick in their mind, let us speak to that, Father God. Let us call forth your holiness and pray that your spirit be unleashed upon this world, Father God. Where there is lack of love, let us fill those places with the love and the light that you have given to us, Father. Father God, we need you. We need you, Lord. We need you like we've never needed you before, Father God. We ask that as you prepare our hearts and our minds for the message, Father God, you have sent your manservant to give us your word. Let us receive it. Let him be hidden behind the cross. Let him decrease as your spirit increases. And when we leave from this place, Father God, let us do your will. Let us live in the light. Let us live in the hope that you have given us. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've been waiting to soon teach all my life, and then I didn't think the virus would actually get this bad until it did come to Delaware, and then first stage one was basically not coming in for two days, and the next thing I know, we weren't allowed completely to go in, and then there was a lot of confusion between the school and between student teachers, and there wasn't a lot of communication. Right, it's put everybody's lives in a completely different mode than anybody's been used to or anybody could have expected it's like completely upheaved everything and you know you kind of wonder what's going on yeah good morning and we're uh, entering a new uh series called asking for a friend and uh as we do that uh, we're, we're answering questions um, that people have asked, uh, not easy questions, not like, how do I get to such and such restaurant? <laughs> Those are easy questions. And so Pastor Sharon and I are going to, uh, throughout this series, we're going to address these, these questions. And uh, 
so this series proclaims good news as we answer the questions that people are asking. And today's question is, is God punishing us? Now, we could list a whole slew of items of, uh, about which we experience that we wonder, is God punishing for us? And when we, when we first started talking about this series, uh, we weren't thinking of any particular situations, and then COVID, and then, uh, and then the killing of George Floyd. And so we have some, some serious things to talk about this morning. Is God punishing us with these experiences that we are uh, going through right now? I am cautious to presume that I can get into the mind of God precisely. I am human. And I know that God, that, that God um, comes to us. He reveals himself to us. But as a human being, I'm a little bit cautious to say I am confident in this. But there are times when God does speak to me, and, and I am confident in this. And I think the, the, the messages that come from God, whether he gives them to me uh, or, or somebody else, are going to be also confirmed by Holy Scripture. And it's going to resonate, and, and others will agree that God is saying this. But as we answer these questions, I'm being a little bit cautious uh, and a little bit humble that we can know precisely all of God's thoughts. And so that's kind of a, a, in, a in the background. But also God, like a good parent, does instruct his people how to live life. And we are all held accountable to our actions. And God, like a good parent, does often uh, discipline us. We discipline our children. God often allows us to experience the natural consequences of our choices and of our decisions. And sometimes uh, we have to experience the natural consequences even of the decisions of other people as, uh, as, we, uh, as we live out life together. So let's consider these scriptures uh, regarding COVID, for example. Some people may be very willing to say, Yes, God is punishing us for, uh, for this. Um, and regarding our, uh, America's racial relationships uh, these days, um, many people are very likely willing to say God is absolutely punishing us for this. And I think th- there is there's validity to that. And we need to hear those voices and take it to heart and take it to in our spirits. Um, Although, like I said, I'm reluctant to presume the the very mind of God. But I do believe that God is using all of these experiences at least to bring discipline to us so that we can be better people. Now, that's a general answer to the question. When we do not follow God's ways for our life, when we do not place our trust in God's laws, which is summed up by Jesus as we've sung already this morning. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. When we fail to do these things, the natural consequences are death and destruction. But God created us for life forever in fellowship with God and with others. Our sin has ruined that. And even though it's difficult for me to state with certainty, as I've said already three times, I guess I could have edited one of those sentences out. (laughs) These two current experiences are God's direct, direct punishment on us. They are God's discipline 
God is using them to discipline us, uh, to, to provide an opportunity for correction, which is to move us closer to living a holy life, that full life in the image of God. And while we lament the death of uh, George Floyd and others, we thank God for his power and his presence among us to bring the needed change. Even if the governor of New York denies that God has any part to do with this, I disagree (laughs) with the governor. Scripture shows us how God uses these experiences for the good of those who love and follow him. Sharon, would you add any introductory comments and then lead us into uh, some of those scriptures? Well, I agree with everything that, that you've been saying, and uh, and especially the fact that God can and does use our circumstances to show us God's power. For he, he uses them for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purposes. And um, we do have a part to play in that, and that is, as you said earlier, to not turn away from God, especially during difficult times. And God can use difficult times to show us his power. So I'm going to turn to Scripture in order to, um, to help with answering that question that's before us, is God punishing us? And the first Scripture that I have is from the book of John, and it's John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. And this is the story that's told in that scripture. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had, been born, who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Now, Jesus made it clear when the disciples were questioning him that the man's blindness was not a punishment. It wasn't something he had done or his parents had done. In fact, he couldn't have done anything because in the first sentence of that scripture, we learned that he was blind from birth. But what Jesus says in verse 3 is, I think, the key to this passage. And John chapter 9, verse 3 says, it was not because Of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered, this happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. God can and he often does use our difficulties to show us just who God is. In this passage, we read that Jesus spits on the ground and during Jesus' time, saliva was often used for medicinal purposes. So this wasn't something that was gross or disgusting. But regardless of whatever the medicinal properties the saliva was believed to contain, I'm going to hazard a guess that people didn't believe that it could cure blindness. But in the hands of Jesus, something amazing happened that day. Taking that saliva and making a mud paste with it, Jesus covered the man's eyes and then instructed him to go and wash it off in the pool of Siloam. The man did as he was told, 
and then he could see. In the translation of the Bible that I'm using, which is the New Living Translation, right after the words, go and wash yourself in the pool of Siloam, it says in parentheses, Siloam means sent. Jesus was sent into this world to heal and to show us God's power. And through Jesus, God used this man, blind from birth, to reveal that power. And a key element in that story is that when he was told to go and wash, the man obeyed. He did what he was told. He may not have thought that putting a mud paste on his eyes would do anything, but he trusted Jesus and he did as he was instructed. We sometimes want to avoid the difficulty in our life, but when we can't avoid difficulty, when we can't avoid challenges, sometimes we're tempted to turn away from God or to doubt God or to be angry with God. From this scripture, I would answer our question, is God punishing us, by saying, no, but God makes his power known through difficulties. If we don't stay focused on God during the challenging times, we might not experience God's power. The second passage I have is from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, and it says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. God loves us so much. And it's God's desire that we experience how good life can be, especially in a God-centered life. But believing in God and being a Christian and accepting God's grace, as Pastor Roger talked about last week, doesn't guarantee that we're going to have a trouble-free life. It doesn't guarantee an easy life. But this passage says in no uncertain terms that God is the source of all comfort. Almost six years ago, in July of 2014, I had a heart attack. And one thing that sticks out in my mind as the events of that evening unfolded was that when my husband made it to the emergency room and came back to see me, he was absolutely panic-stricken. And as I was lying there on that stretcher, he yelled at me almost and said, how can you be so calm? But the truth of the matter is I was calm because God was with me. I wasn't afraid at all. I had this supernatural peace because I was in the safest place that I could possibly be, and that was in the hands of God. In verse 4 of that passage, it says, He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. In difficult times, God is our source of comfort, and sometimes that comfort comes in the way of each other being with one another. I've been wrestling, too, with everything that's going on, just like all of you are. And on Friday, a friend of mine showed up at the church at exactly the right time, and she gave me a hug. Don't tell anybody. But that was what I needed. That was exactly what I needed, and I have no doubt that that was God using her to comfort me. So the other, another part of my answer to that question before us, 
is God punishing us is no, but we are in pain, and God is the source of all comfort. Two good answers for this uh, to, to remember. You remind me telling the story about the healing with the mud. Uh, I remember the Sunday school teacher in the church that I was working had asked uh, two of her students in the Sunday school class to, answer, to, to pl- act out that scene. She asked two twin brothers to do it, and uh, they enjoyed, the one brother very much enjoyed spitting in his hand and rubbing his spit on his brother's <laughs> eyes. That was, that was a, a very good one. God brings, God brings comfort to us. He is our source of comfort. Let's go to a third scripture. This one from the book of Acts, chapter 5, verses 5 through 15. And, and we'll, we'll read it first. As a result, it says, of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats, so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. Now, how this answers our question is that God is the one who brings healing to us. So is God punishing us? Well, much more than punishing or even more than disciplining God is bringing healing to us and desires that we be whole in our lives. And God uses these experiences in order to move us, all of us, and all of society toward the healing that God has to bring to us. I'm going to take a pause here, and we're going to act out the scripture a little bit. I'm going to give another plug for Family Vacation Bible School. And the theme, the theme for Bible School this year is, uh-oh, Tony, help me out with that. The theme is POW, Pray, Obey, and Worship. And I'm going to have some help here from uh, our children's ministry director, Tony uh, Rayfield. And uh, we're going to act this out. But just a minute, I've got to get in costume. Mm-hmm. Come on up, Tony. Tony, you're going awful slow. Oh, you're not feeling well? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, just like in the, in the book of Acts, I'm sorry you got a bad knee. Do you need some help getting up there? You can make it? Well, you know what? I heard that Jesus was coming, or Peter was coming by today. And the, the, the apostles' power was so amazing that they were bringing the people to the streets. And so that just the shadow of Peter, as it fell over them, they were healed. Woohoo! You feel better? Yeah. Yay! All right. So I'm I am superhero Peter and at Family Vacation Bible School or Backyard Bible School, he's one of the characters that we'll be learning about and aren't I just scary? Not really. But this is Peter's I am superhero Peter and this is Peter's Sharon's going crazy. This is Peter's shadow of healing. Uh-huh. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Enough fun. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Got to have fun. So that'll be fun beginning in, in, in July as we do that. So God is the one who brings healing 
to us. Remember, the Bible said that the people of Jerusalem were amazed at what the the apostles were doing. And every day they would bring people, they would bring them on their mats and on their beds. And as Peter walked by, they were healed by his shadow. And as we are facing these injustices and as we are facing the reality of COVID-19, we all need God's power to be with us. We need the shadow of God. We need the presence of God to bring his healing to us. And we need to we need to bring people out into the presence of God where they can experience the love and the power of Jesus. We've got to believe this. We've got to trust this. And we've got to call on God to bring healing, not just to our physical bodies, but to the relationships, to, the, to, to our nation, and to reconcile us and help us treat each other with the love and the respect with which God and Jesus treat everyone. Mm-hmm. And finally, the fourth scripture that we look at is that God's goal is not to condemn anybody. God's goal is to save us. His goal is not condemnation, but salvation. God's salvation is wholeness. God desires that we experience his forgiveness for turning away from God and to live a joyful, loving, and purpose-filled life through trust and obedience in Jesus Christ. John 3.16, and I'm going to continue reading through verse 20. John 3.16 reveals this to us. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world. Some translations say not to condemn the world but to save it through Jesus. I was pleased to see governor of Texas saying, saying that, that Jesus mm-hmm. is what we need to heal this. Amen. And I know that that sounds so far more simplistic than anybody wants to admit. But Jesus is the one who can save us through this. Verse 18 continues, there is no judgment against anyone who believes in Jesus, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light has come into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light. And refuse to go near it for fear that their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come into the light so that others can see that they are doing what God wants. God is exposing the evil of our world. Do not complain about the riots. For in them God is saying to us, look, world, you need to change your hearts. And God is exposing the truth by sending both blacks and whites and people of color and people of nationalities to come together to say, we are here to make a positive change, to make a difference against the evils of this world. God's goal is not to condemn us. God's goal 
is to save us. We may not know everything that God is thinking, but I believe these scriptures teach us that God loves us and gives us the Holy Spirit so that we can be purified, not just as individuals, but as a community, as a society. Evil is powerfully at work, but God is greater. And we must surrender our own wills to God's will. Regarding COVID-19, we need to do all we can the best we can to stay healthy. That's the smart thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And we leave the rest to God. We let God bring the healing that he will be bring. And regarding race relations and defeating unjust treatment, we need to do all we can. You soon will receive a letter they went out in the mail on Friday evening. Uh, a letter from Pastor Sharon and I, and this afternoon I'm going to post a video that goes along with this letter. We have some ideas about how we as a congregation can work together. And today I'll be attending a uh, demonstration in Middletown, and I invite any who are able to join me to meet at, uh, at 145. And if you, if you send a text to me through the number that we have on the screen saying that I'll tell you where we're meeting, where we're gathering, and then we'll walk together to the site of the event. And then tomorrow, Monday evening, is another demonstration in, in, in Newark uh, and in Wilmington. It's, uh, it's uh, at the, uh, the shopping plaza that's right across the street from Goldie Beacom College on uh, Limestone Road in Wilmington. It's at 530. And again, on the website and, and our, our church's Facebook page, I've posted a link where you can get information about that. But we can work to improve the accountability that our nation has and our communities have for law enforcement, as well as other agencies and systems where policies keep people from from opportunities. For example, body cameras, revising immunity provisions and restraining procedures that are used by police officers, creating a database of police use of force Incidents, these are ideas. And since this is a spiritual battle, the church must continue and we will continue to proclaim Jesus Christ as the way that God has for us to live. He is the only one who can transform hearts and minds. We've also set a schedule for small groups in our church to gather. Pastor Sharon and I are calling them Pastor Chats. Pastor's chats. Uh, And it's a time for us to come together, to learn together, to Mm -hmm. not just to be taught racial uh, reconciliation or thing, but to but to hear what other people have experienced uh, throughout their lives. We'll listen and we'll learn together as we strengthen relationships. Mm -hmm. Information about the pastor's chats are also in the letter that if you're on a mailing list, you'll get it. And we're also posting that letter to Facebook so that all can see it uh, in the next uh, this afternoon or in the next couple days. So we invite you to respond to, with us to God's message. And uh, there are ways that you can do that. Pastor Sharon is going to give her concluding remarks, and then I will lead us as we receive uh, Holy Communion today. So in your homes, if you're willing to uh, share communion in your homes, I hope that you will gather the supplies for that that you need together. Pastor Sharon? 
During this uh, difficult and painful time, just remember that Pastor Roger and I both love you very much, and we appreciate you. We need you. We want to encourage you, and we're both available to talk with you anytime. And most importantly, God is with us and dwells in each of us. Would you pray with me? God, your power and glory are beyond my comprehension. And yet I see glimpses of them daily, and I thank you for the times that you've carried me through difficult times. Be with us now, O God. Be with our hurting and broken world, our nation, our cities, our towns, our neighborhoods, our neighbors and friends, and each one of us. And be with our churches, as many are returning to worship at this time. Keep everyone safe and healthy, and be with this church, Christ the Cornerstone comfort and strengthen us so that we might be a source of comfort and strength to others. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And so we come together. We remember what Christ has done for us, how he has given his life to us. We remember that night when he took bread. He gave thanks. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and he said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, Jesus took the cup. He gave thanks to God and he gave it to his disciples and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And I hope that in your home you have gathered some uh, some some bread, some juice, or some wine, uh, or maybe something else that you're using to take communion today to remember what Christ has done. Let's pray together. Lord, we ask your Holy Spirit to come upon us, to come upon us who are gathered in this room this morning, to come upon those who are in their homes today, uh, that you will bless them, that you will guide them, that your shadow will fall upon them, that your healing will come to them, that they will be strengthened, that we all will be strengthened, God, to stand against evil, to stand in your presence, to receive the healing that we need, to have a relationship that is not afraid to receive your, your discipline or even your punishment because our sins need to be taken away. And Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who who died for the sin of the world. And we thank you for that. So come, Holy Spirit, and be present with us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, while we're singing the song, please serve one another in your homes.
being with us this morning, and we pray that God blesses you. God's blessing is upon you. Whatever you do today, follow the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. God bless you. Go in peace. In Jesus' name.